Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, and welcome to Sound Sleep, a storytelling podcast with curated audio specifically designed to improve the quality of your sleep. I'm your host, Adam. Thanks for joining me. Did you know there are even more stories in the Sound Sleep premium feed? Well, you can support this podcast and listen to ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, and get early releases all for just a dollar a week. Subscribe from either Apple Podcasts or Supercast and listen directly in your favorite podcast player. It's quick and easy. Go to soundsleeppodcast.com or look in the show notes for more information. And thanks so much for your continued support. This next story was so much fun to read. I hope you enjoy it too. If you'd like to tell me what you think, feel free to let me know with a review and a rating. Or send me a message on Instagram or in the Facebook group. I truly love to hear from you. Did you know routine is great for sleep? Consider creating evening rituals that give the body sufficient time to wind down, like incorporating a podcast or music in a way that's calming and consistent. Make it a habit. All of the audio you hear in this podcast is uniquely created with methods that promote healthy and quality sleep. Looking for even more stories to listen to and fall asleep with? Check out one of my favorites, Dreamful. Jordan has an amazing selection of the best stories and perfectly pairs them 
with music that she personally selects. You'll be snoozing in no time to pride and prejudice. The wonderful Wizard of Oz. Or you could easily get hooked on her 12-part Constellation series. Check out Dreamful wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is sponsored by Coach Me Greg. If you're like me, you have a lot of big ideas and plans. You want to be productive and get fulfillment out of your life. And if you're like me, you may feel like sometimes you need a little help to be your best, to keep you on target and motivated so you can achieve what you set out to do. So if you're like me, well, then you should go to coachmegreg.com. I've received tremendous value from working with Greg. He's easy to talk with, and there's no judgment. I can count on him to help me find the best solution and schedule. He makes everything very easy, and I find it very helpful to have someone I can trust working with me and rooting for me as I try to get the most out of life that I can. Go to coachmegreg.com. Schedule your free consultation today. Take a moment to get comfortable and tune your awareness into your breath. Feel a sense of expansion on each inhale and a feeling of release on every exhale. Really allow yourself to notice the sensations that are associated with your breath. If thoughts come and go, that's totally fine. Don't judge yourself. Just allow them to pass and turn your attention back to your breath and to the words you are hearing. Take a deep breath filling your ribcage, feeling the expansion, and when you are ready, exhale with a sigh. As we begin our story, continue with a few more deep breaths, preparing your mind and body to be ready for a peaceful and sound sleep.
The fair Brunhilde was the daughter of the old king of Bohemia, and many a handsome prince and gallant knight came from distant lands to try and win the lovely maiden. One dewy morning, a noble youth rode up to the palace of the white-haired king of Bohemia. He was the only son of the king of the Hars, whose strong castle was built on a mighty crag overhanging a deep ravine. No sooner had the young man beheld the lovely princess that he knew that his heart was no longer his own, and his one desire was to win the love of the royal maiden. When Brunhilde saw the prince with his bright blue eyes, his flaxen hair, and manly bearing, her heart beat quick and fast, and a blush overspread her face like a sunset glow on the mountains of Bohemia. Then she knew full well that she had seen the one man she loved above all the others. Thus these two young hearts were drawn together. They plighted their troth and vowed that nothing but death should separate them. With a light heart, the young prince rode gaily away to the far away Hars to tell his father the joy that was his and to prepare the old castle for Brunhilde's homecoming. He promised to return after two moons had come and gone, and carry back the princess as his bride and his queen. Brunhilde could not hide her tears at the parting. A sad foreboding filled her mind with gloomy thoughts and oppressed her soul with some coming calamity. In the north of Europe there lived a race of great giants. They were so strong and so powerful that at the very mention of their name men trembled and fear came into all hearts. The fame of Brunhilde's loveliness had spread even into this land of the giants. One of the strangest and most powerful princes among these mighty men was the giant Bodo, and he determined to win the princess and carry her away as his bride. With a gay and handsome retinue, he traveled to Bohemia, and he brought with him gold and amber and precious stones 
in the hope that the sight of these costly gifts would gladden the heart of the princess. Gold, however, is no measure of true love, and amber and precious stones cannot win the heart of one that is plighted to another. The old king of Bohemia received Bodo with becoming honor, for he was a great and mighty monarch. A splendid banquet was prepared for him, and when he beheld the grace and beauty of the fair princess, he determined to win her at all costs. With strong and powerful words, he demanded that the old king should give him his daughter in marriage, and with a loud voice he declared that he would not receive nay for an answer. The old king knew well that Bodo would make him a powerful son-in-law, and he was blinded by the great strength of the giant, the splendor of his retinue, and the costly gifts he had brought from distant lands. He thought that the alliance with so great a prince would enhance his daughter's happiness as well as strengthen the kingdom of Bohemia. His old withered heart forgot that true love cannot be changed like a garment, and nothing can separate hearts that are faithful. The old king implored Brunhilde to give up all thought of a marriage with the young prince from the hares, and to accept the all-powerful Bodo as her successful wooer. Brunhilde flung herself down at her father's feet, but neither her tears, her sighs, nor her prayers could move the will of the old man. However, he had an interview with the giant, and he told him that after the custom of his country, he should receive his answer in three days. The old king knew that if he denied Bodo the wish of his heart, his rage and his anger would burst forth like a volcano, and the giant would destroy his palace and make his country into a desert land. So he turned a deaf ear to Brunhilde's weeping, and told her to prepare for her wedding. No sooner had the old king informed Bodo that the wedding day was fixed, than a sudden change came over Brunhilde. She wept no more tears. She sighed no more sighs, and she let no one see how deeply she abhorred the giant. 
for she met him with a sweet and stately dignity. One thing she determined upon, and that was she would sooner die than become Bodo's bride. She still hoped for deliverance, and believed that the young prince from the hares would claim her before the fatal day, and in nightly combat free her from becoming Bodo's bride. In the golden light of each day's dawning, she ascended the watchtower, but alas, the young prince came not. Each noon she shaded her eyes from the blazing sun, but she saw no help coming near, and when the shadows lengthened, she again climbed the tower and looked away to the Blue Hare's Mountains. But she saw no rider speeding towards her. Flight, she said to herself, is now my only means of escape, and I must fly to the home of my prince. As the thought passed through her mind, she looked down from the tower and in the meadow below the castle, she beheld two of Bodo's giant horses. One was dark as the night, the other was light as the dawn. One was the war horse of Bodo, and the other he intended should carry his bride to the land of the giants. Flight on such a horse was possible, and courage again filled the heart of Brunhilde. She begged Bodo to teach her to ride the beautiful horse, and each day she mounted her snow-white steed, whose eyes shone like the stars, and whose feet and limbs were full of grace and power. The giant was delighted to show the fair rider how best to curb her fiery steed, or to urge it forward to greater exertion. They rode together through forest glades. They crossed the broad plains at a canter. They climbed the steep hills, and now and again they had a friendly race. At last, the eve of the wedding day came. Many guests arrived, but the son of the king of the hares came not. Music and laughter echoed through the halls of the old king's palace. No wedding guest laughed louder than the bridegroom and no maiden in that gay throng seemed brighter or more gay than the fair young bride. She smiled on Bodo. She stroked his beard. She jested with her friends. All eyes followed 
the lovely damsel. Her white robes floated around her. The diamonds which Bodo had given her glittered on her bosom, while her golden crown rested on her flaxen ringlets. At last, Brunhilde begged permission to retire to her chamber, to prepare for the festivity of the morrow. Instead of entering her bower, Brunhilde descended the stairs, crossed the courtyard, and went direct to the stable. Here she found her snow-white steed. She at once mounted the noble creature, ordered the drawbridge to be lowered, and galloped forth towards the southern mountains, the home of her true love. Neither song, nor music, nor laughter prevented Bodo from hearing the neighing of the white horse and the lowering of the drawbridge. He fled from the revelers, and his hurried steps echoed through the silent corridors. When he reached the courtyard, he saw the white horse cross the drawbridge, Brunhilde's flaxen locks waving in the night breeze, and her golden crown glittering in the moonlight. Bodo uttered one wild, furious cry of uncontrollable passion, and the very walls of the castle trembled at the terrible rage of the infuriated giant. In haste, he harnessed his black charger, vaulted into the saddle, and like the wild wind from the north, he galloped over the drawbridge, away after the flying princess. The snow-white steed and the fair princess flew on through the valley and dale, over crag and fell, through darksome forest, and through many a roaring torrent. The great black charger and his furious rider quickly followed. He seemed like the shadow of night speeding after the brightness of day. The earth trembled beneath the heavy hoofs of the mighty horse. The birds of the forest hid beneath the leaves of the trees, and even the wild animals fled away, terrified, as Bodo rode past in the darkness. Forwards, ever forwards, fled Brunhilde like a hunted deer, while Bodo followed with wild cries of rage, like a storm from the desert. All night long, Brunhilde was chased by Bodo. When morning broke and bathed the mountain and forest in a flood of golden light, the princess was still pursued by the savage giant. Her golden crown shone in the sunlight, 
her white veil waved behind her, and her flaxen ringlets danced in the breeze. Bodo was bareheaded. His fist was clenched in anger, and his wild shouts caused the birds to fly back in terror to their nests in the forest. As the morning mists rolled away, Brunhilde beheld the Harz Mountains. At first, they looked like some cloud in the distance, but soon they became clear and distinct. Yonder is the home of my true love, cried the princess joyously. Yonder is safety for me and she urged her horse forward. It was a fair, fresh morning, and dew and gossamer lay heavy on the bushes. She passed through forests of beech and pine, where the trees shut out the light and few birds sang. Bodo came nearer, and each time she looked behind, she saw the dreaded pursuer. Anxiously, she urged her steed onwards, and soon the shouts of the wild bridegroom became less distinct as the distance widened between them. She passed through many a sunny dale and winding valley. Still, the giant pursued her. She climbed the outlying spurs of the great Harz Mountains. Upwards, ever upwards sped the white horse with the fair princess. Ever higher to where the dark pines waved in solemn pomp, and the sound of the waves seemed to echo in their branches. Suddenly, the noble horse stopped. It refused to go on. It trembled in every limb and seemed as if it were bewitched. Brunhilde looked, and she also trembled at the terrible sight she beheld. Horse and rider stood on the extreme edge of a yawning precipice. Deep, deep down, she could hear the roaring voice of the mountain torrent, while a thousand feet away were the jagged cliffs of the opposite side of this awful chasm. Well might horse and rider tremble on the brink of this terrible gorge. Brunhilde shuddered. For a moment her heart stood still her courage failed her, and an anxious look passed over her beautiful features. Before her lay death and destruction. Behind her, the voice of the hateful giant. Each moment growing louder, while on the opposite cliff was safety and the home of her true love. The choice was not hard. 
Brunhilde will venture the mighty leap over the deep abyss. Perchance she may gain the other side. If not, then death awaits her. That is better, she cries, than to fall into the hands of Bodo and break my troth with my true love. She drew her horse back from the edge of the precipice. Then she turned him again towards the fearful gorge, and pressing her heel into his flank, she urged the noble animal forwards. With one mighty bound, the horse and rider left the rock. Like the flight of an eagle, they sped through the air. A joyous cry burst from the lips of the princess when her horse's hoof struck the rock on the opposite side of the great ravine. Then her horse fell exhausted. But the heroic deed was accomplished and Brunhilde was saved. Only her golden crown was lost. It slipped from her head as she crossed the ravine and fell into a deep pool at the foot of the chasm. As Bodo saw the princess pass like a floating cloud over the gorge, he uttered a wild cry of anger and rage, which echoed like thunder from cliff to cliff. Then he spurred his charger to the edge of the chasm, and he too ventured the terrible leap. But the weight of the giant was great, and horse and rider fell with a mighty splash into the torrent. Here beneath the deep green water lay Brunhilde's crown, and Bodo was transformed into a hound whose duty was ever to guard and protect it. Now and again, some covetous man would plunge into the pool in the hope of gaining the crown for himself. But such a one was ever caught by the watchful hound, and his lifeless body would be flung upon the bank of the stream. Brunhilde, with a thankful cry and tears in her eyes, flung herself into the arms of the prince, and with a joyful heart he received her as his queen, although she brought him no crown and no kingdom. Above the deep gorge still stands the overhanging rock, now known as the horse hoof. Here countless wanderers yearly come and they think of Brunhilde's wonderful leap, for they can still see the mark of her horse's hoof deeply impressed in the rock. The river has been called the Bodo since the fateful day that it received the body of the pursuing giant.